Hi, I'm Lesha Holzaffel, and you're listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, a podcast for moms who are ready to lose the weight they want without gaining it back by learning the holistic approach to nutrition and how our brains determine our long-term success. Welcome to the Fit Mom Squad. Welcome back to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. Mama friend, today we have a guest. It's been a minute since I had a guest on the show, but today we have Christine Hockman and we're going to talk about infertility. So welcome to the show, Christine. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. Really excited to get into this because I think it's a very important topic and a lot of women struggle with this and you have your own story and your own journey to share. And I would love to hear about it, but before we dive into it, can you please share a little bit about yourself with our audience, who you are, what you do? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I am an adventurous person. I'm a high performance coach. I'm also a nature inspired innovator. I'm a mompreneur. I'm a health nut, a nutrition advocate. And really, I'm just on a mission to empower other people so they can grow and thrive in all areas of their life. And I've had my own fertility and struggles and health issues that I've been on a journey with. So I love to share and empower people through their own struggles. Great. So let's get started and kind of like rewind to the very beginning. When was it that you first found out that you had issues with infertility? Can you kind of take us back to that time in your life? Yes. Yes. Okay. So if I go back, I officially found out that I had infertility and was first diagnosed with PCOS. So polycystic ovarian syndrome based on blood work about a year and a half into our marriage. So we were married in August, 2010. So by the end of summer, 2012, I was already working with a doctor on fertility treatments. And that was the start of a five-year journey in fertility. So did you know that you had PCOS prior to, were there any symptoms that you had growing up? I know a lot of times it's PCOS. Sometimes people think, well, you know, the standard for PCOS is like being overweight or having acne or um, insulin resistance, diabetes, prediabetes. Did you fall into this category? Well, so the funny thing is I didn't know I had PCOS until this diagnosis, but back for years. So in high school, I had issues. So I was always really thin. And when I came to the doctor with issues of, you know, not having a cycle that was normal, having acne, having other issues, they just would throw me on birth control and say, Oh, you're all right. And they never got to the root of the issue. And you know, when I was in high school, I started having these issues where the room would flip upside down. And I actually thought I had a brain tumor and I went to the doctor saying, you know, what's wrong with me? Do I need an MRI? And he said, let me start taking your blood sugar. So he had me keep a food journal and take my blood sugar. And he found out I was having these low blood sugar reactions. And he back then did not tell me PCOS. So this was not really common. So I did not know anything about this. All I knew at that point was watch what I eat, cut eating tons and tons of cake, (laughs) pair with protein and watch your carbs. But I had no clue I had PCOS for years. So you find out this diagnosis, were you trying to get pregnant at this time? Yeah. So we wanted to have kids and we're like, well, I've got some stuff going on and this might not be super easy. So I'll just go to the doctor, get some blood work. Well, that was a total hot mess because I had no clue I was going to be giving this diagnosis of, oh, hey, you have all of these things wrong with you. And you probably shouldn't have hopes of having a baby. That's what I was told. Wow. So from there, what did you start doing? What steps did you start taking? I assume you kind of took it into your own hands from there, right? Because if doctor tells you something like that, you're like, 
thanks, bro. Right. Like, but do you want to accept that as your fate? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I am not one to be told that I can't do something. So when I hear you probably shouldn't have hope of getting pregnant, I hear, okay, I'm going to defy the odds. So yeah. Yes, girl. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm all about. So I definitely took into my own hands. I also worked with a doctor. So I kind of did a bunch of stuff. So I started changing my diet and lifestyle, working with a holistic chiropractor to learn about nutrition and maybe a more holistic way to do this. I got the blood work. I got the tests. I saw the endocrinologist. I saw my OBGYN. I saw the reproductive specialist. I started charting my cycle, taking my temperature, getting all of the tests upon tests upon tests. I started taking supplements, B vitamins, other vitamins, baby aspirin. I took Clomid, metformin, spironolactone for adrenals, HCG shots. I had IUIs. I had, oh my gosh, I had, I did it all, right? I did maybe not all of it, but I did tons of it. And I just started going on this journey of experimenting on myself and seeing what might work. And really nothing was really working in the beginning. It was really defeating. So did you try all these things at once or was it kind of like step one, nutrition and diet lifestyle, step two, you know, Clomid or whatever, step three, whatever, all those things. Or did you kind of try a bunch of things at at the same time? Yeah. So I kind of tried things at the same time in a way, but over five years of infertility, I progressed, right? So in the beginning, a lot of it was just really baseline stuff. My doctor said, Hey, you know, you're totally out of whack. All of your blood work is completely reverse of where it should be. All of your hormones, you know, you don't ovulate, you have poor quality eggs, you have, you know, all of these things. So we started off with some medicines. And at the same time, kind of parallel, I was also seeing this holistic chiropractor and trying to get my diet in line because I knew there was power there, but I didn't want to abandon the doctors yet. Right. So I Mm -hmm. kind of in parallel was like trying to work at myself and I was still taking all these medicines as well. So let's talk about the diet change because I'm really big on nutrition for healing. That's what I base my business about. I really truly think that food has the power to heal no matter what condition we have. And that should be the low hanging fruit option rather than seeking out pills. But sometimes when we are not aware that we don't know that we listen to our doctors, right? So I'm really proud of you for acknowledging the power of nutrition, but can you tell us a little bit about what changes you made towards your nutrition and lifestyle and how they were different from what you used to do? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I did a lot of things that worked and didn't work. So I, you know, the things that worked for me were taking nutrition into my own hands and seeing this as food is medicine. So when you think about Hippocrates, the father of medicine, 2000 years ago, he said, let food be the medicine. And I really has, I have adopted this as a mantra and it's served me very well. So For me, nutrition was number one, because when I look back to what worked, the reality is the medicines didn't actually ever get me pregnant. I never was successful in getting pregnant once, but what worked throughout five years is getting my body balanced and healthy. So using a holistic whole foods approach really would be the number one thing for me. So I knew I had to balance my blood sugar and insulin. So when you have PCOS, these are not normal things. You're having blood sugar issues or insulin issues. So for me, I needed to learn how do I balance my blood sugar and use food as medicine. So a number one thing for me was lowering the carbs and cutting out the sugar. So that is really, no matter what kind of diet people use, getting rid of processed high glycemic carbs is so crucial. Getting rid of all the added sugars is so important. And that was amazing for me. Also, I use an approach of high fat, moderate protein, low carbs. So I'm looking at eating lots of good fat and a moderate amount of protein from things like nuts, seeds, oils, avocados, wild caught salmon, and other fish, grass fed meats, and all 
also my carbs are important, but I'm not eating processed sugary things, right? I'm eating high quality, high fiber, high nutritious carbs. So using this concept, what I heard a long time ago was you should eat like it's 9,999 years ago. I love it because it's like our ancestors ate, right? And our biology hasn't evolved yet to adapt to all this processed food that we eat that has been created in the last few decades. So as long as you're going for, you know, cutting that out and eating holistic whole foods, you're really doing well. And another big thing for me was cutting gluten. So mm-hmm. that was kind of at the end of my journey as I was really getting healthier. I was still eating a lot of gluten. As soon as I cut that, that same year is actually the year I got pregnant. Wow. That's amazing. So how long was it that you actually struggled with infertility before you got pregnant? It was five years of full on fertility work, trying to get pregnant and I never got pregnant, but yeah, it was five years of a struggle. Yeah. So what was it like emotionally for you? Because I could only imagine, you know, not only just being told that you can never get pregnant, but then trying, going on all these medications, making all these nutritional changes, and then still nothing happening year after year after year. And I feel like as a woman, we have this innate desire, well, most of us at least to be mothers, right? We were created, God created us to be able to bear children. And a part of it, it's like, so emotionally defeated to be like, what is wrong with my body? Why can't I do this thing? So can you talk about how that was emotionally for you? And not only you, but I imagine your husband as well and how that was as a couple and how you both got through that. Yeah, it was so hard, Lesha, because like you said, you feel so many emotions. It's like a hot mess emotionally when I was going through this. So, and to add a layer of this, let me tell you when Aaron, my husband and I started dating back before we were married, we asked each other one day, you know, what do you fear the most in life? And you know what Aaron told me? He was fearful of not being able to have children. Wow. So flash forward to our marriage, right? And me getting an infertility diagnosis and being told, oh, you shouldn't have hopes of having your own children. I felt not only emotional burden of just wanting to have a baby and not sure if I could, but I felt responsible for making my husband's worst nightmare come true. So feel the burden of that. It was so heavy, right? Oh my gosh. I would leave every doctor's appointment. I'd get in my car and I'd look out the windshield and I can remember seeing myself because I would just bawl my eyes out. Every time I left the doctors, it was more more bad news. It was more of this, more of that. There's something else wrong. This is old. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. That blood works bad. And I honestly was so emotional, but while it was really a big burden, I feel that, you know, you've got the emotional burden, you've got the financial burden, right? And you can't just do things as you normally do. So I have this story I've told a few people, but when you're well, trying now you're to- telling a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, but it's Let's funny because it. so some of the things you don't realize when you're going through infertility is like how it impacts your day-to-day life. So when I started getting into the shots I had to give myself for fertility treatments, it happened to line up with the time my husband and I were going camping in Allegheny National Forest. And we get there, we're setting up our tent. It's really cold. It's just brutal. And I you know, really wanted to have a beer around the campfire and I can't. And so instead I have to go in the truck and I have to inject myself with this medicine and I've never done it before. Right. So I'm trying to get it in. I'm sweating bullets and this needle's just approaching my leg. And I was like, Oh my God. And it like kind of goes in. I get this swelling in my thigh. I start freaking out. So Aaron runs over, I'm crying. I'm freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God, did I screw it up? It costs so much money. I'm a reject. And he's just like calmed me down and he had to inject this needle into my leg and give me the medicine. 
medicine. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that looking back, you know, you just don't have a normal life while you're going through fertility treatments. Yeah. So how long was it that you actually went through the fertility treatments? And at some point did you're like, okay, I just can't keep doing this. And this is so expensive. Do I just want to try to do it on my own or maybe just let things be like sometimes, you know, when we try so hard for something, it's like, we almost repel it. Yes. I totally agree with that because it's almost like when you think about something over and over and over again, like you're worried about it, you manifest it. Right. So it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to drive into that tree. I don't want to drive into that tree. I'm going to drive into that tree. So this is the same thing. Your brain just hears drive into the tree. So I think for a while we're, we're going through these fertility treatments over five years and it was gradual, right? It was trying things out for this many months. It was trying things out this next year, but yeah, it was five years of trying stuff and a couple different doctors. And it was really, depressing. It never worked. I never even got pregnant. And so we finally, we were like, okay, it was the beginning of 2016. And we thought we just can't do this anymore. Like we need a break. We just are burnout on it. We just want to live our lives and enjoy it. And we said, you know what, in December, we'll talk about it again. We're not going to talk about it to them. We're not going to do the treatments. We're just going to have some fun. And we're just going to worry about me being healthy and him being healthy. And we'll talk about it in December and see what we want to do. And that's the year that I got pregnant. Can you believe that? That just gives me goosebumps because I hear stories like that all the time. And just the power of letting go and letting God be in control. Sometimes we want to control all the circumstances in our lives and we want to do all the things. And I struggled with that myself in my own weight loss journey and health journey and doing everything and trying all the supplements and all the diets. And sometimes it's like, you just have to let it go and just live your life. And I also think stress, right? Like, let's talk about the stress factor because you going through this and all the treatments and trying all the things, you're now so stressed out of not being able to get pregnant. Your body is in this flight or fight mode. It's not ready for a baby. Your body's like, how the heck can we bring a baby into this? We are running for our lives, right? So the fact that you kind of let that go and just let's just relax for a little bit. Maybe that is what it took to allow your body to calm down and be like, okay, I think we're safe. We're ready. Let's do this, right? I totally agree with you. And, and I love how you're so open about sharing your own struggles and the reality that we do try to control stuff and it kind of backfires, right? So that's one big lesson that I had in this whole infertility journey, because I always am looking for gifts, no matter what challenge I've been through different traumas, different really deep pains, there's always a gift to be found. And there have been many gifts in this, in this infertility journey. And one of them was this control, because I remember in the middle of it, it was thinking I am so held tightly to this outcome right? This control, this has to be my perfect way. And I had to let go. And I had to say, okay, you know, God, this is in your hands or whatever is out there. I need to just let go and realize that this isn't it. You know, this isn't the only thing that I can focus on. I'm going to ruin my whole life and I'm not going to enjoy the present moment at all. And, you know, we had another gift too through this. So I told you how, when Aaron and I started dating, he told me his greatest fear in life was not being able to have kids. Right. So mm -hmm. that was a lot of pain, but to be honest, I didn't tell him that I connected that in their infertility journey for a while. So it was really this burden on me. And one day I still remember we were outside and I just broke down and I was crying and he was like, what's going on. And somehow through like the snots and the tears, I got out, you know, I'm making your worst fears come true. I felt like such a failure as a wife. I mean, it still makes me emotional to think about it. And he stared at me in like total disbelief because he had no clue I was feeling that. And he hadn't connected it that way. And God bless this amazing man. He pulled me into his arms and looked at me in the eyes and said, Christine, I want you. He said, yes, I want a baby and a family, but I love you. I want you. 
He said, I want you to be healthy. And he said, if this infertility journey is going to cost you, I don't want it. And right then and there was a shift. And we committed to first and foremost, making sure I was healthy, right? Because I was not healthy. I had health issues and that was the main thing. And I wasn't even thinking of it that way. Right. I was worried so much about the future and creating this future of having a baby that I was forgetting what was right in front of me. And that connection right there brought us so close and it really let go of the control. And I will say that for anyone going through the infertility process, I know that pain. And I also know that you have to connect with your partner and sometimes let go and realize, look at who's in front of you and what you have and be grateful in that moment. Otherwise you completely pass it by. That's so powerful. And God bless Aaron. What a wonderful man. And I'm sure when he even said that, you know, that was his fear, but maybe he didn't mean it in a way that like, but if it doesn't happen, then it is going to suck. I hate this marriage. Right. But because you remember that he said that, and then it was happening. And then you took that burden on yourself. You were carrying this weight on your shoulder and he didn't even know about it. And then the fact that you finally let it out, it's just almost gave you this piece of calm of like, Oh my God, it's okay. He just wants me. It's okay. I got a failure. Like I can't even imagine how hard that is, but I'm so glad that you overcame that and you got pregnant, right? So yes. spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> You got pregnant, had a beautiful baby boy. So how did that pregnancy go? Was it hard? Was it easy? Was there any other health issues lingering around? And where are you at right now in your health journey and PCOS and all of those things? Yes. Yes. Awesome. So I am really glad to say that when I did get pregnant, so it's funny, it happened out of my expectation. So I didn't know I was pregnant until I was eight weeks along and it really shocked me. I took the pregnancy test and I was like, what? And I actually had told Aaron and he didn't believe me. He was like, okay. <laughs> he was staining the porch and he was like, okay. I just think he was in complete shock. And so not until the doctors told me like, yeah, you're really pregnant. You're like eight weeks pregnant. That kind of blew my mind. And honestly, they immediately told me they were kind of freaking out a little bit. Okay. You know, this is going to be high risk. Probably you had infertility. They treated me like high risk. They gave me the ultrasounds for high risk. I was not high risk. The whole time they kept saying, everything's great. Your health is perfect. The baby's perfect. Everything is great. Childbirth itself was a really difficult one, but that had nothing to do with <laughs> my health necessarily. But yeah, I delivered a perfect baby boy. And right now I am happy to say that I actually have, no, I'm not pregnant again. <laughs> I saw your face. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be I was so excited. I was like, oh my God. Now that would be cool. heard first deliver. on the Fit Mom Squad podcast, guys. <laughs> Aaron doesn't even know. You're, I'm telling you, ladies, first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's oh, hilarious. Okay. Oh, no, but so I'm really happy to share that I actually have an email from my doctor to say I can no longer diagnose you with PCOS due to lifestyle change. So, wow. As of last year, that I got all amazing. my blood work again. It's completely perfect. I completely reversed it from what it looked like back in 2012. So, you know, no medicine is doing this. This is simply me, nutrition, lifestyle, taking it into my own hands. So I'm very, So very let's pause on that for a few minutes and just, I want you to share what that really looks like for you because a lot of women that are struggling with infertility is because of PCOS. And aside from that, a lot of my clients and the women I work with have PCOS. So the fact that you just said, that you reversed your PCOS by your lifestyle and diet. I want you to share what exactly that means for the women that are listening that might want to do this themselves. Awesome. Yes. So if you have PCOS, please know that this is something that you might not hear from your doctors, but you definitely are empowered to take it into your own hands. I've done it myself. It's not a quick fix. It's not a magic wand, but 
starting off with diet is really important. So balancing your blood sugar and your insulin is critical because when you have PCOS, that can be messed up. So looking at this high, good fat, moderate protein, lower carb diet, you know, something where you're looking at taking your glycemic index load down. So you're not eating things that spike your blood sugar and your insulin is super important. If you're looking for resources, just look for Lesha. She has awesome resources on this. Lesha, you talk about this all the time. And I think it's Mm -hmm. so important because in short, you know, our society is just filling us with food that makes us really, really sick, right? It's very processed. It's very laden with sugar and it's laden with a lot of stuff that is created in a lab to make us addicted. But if you're eating a holistic whole foods approach, that's the key one for me me getting this blood sugar into balance was key. So I used to have to eat every two hours and before bed. And let me tell you, it is not fun to schedule your work meetings around your snack schedule like a toddler. I mean, I'm an adult here, right? It's so embarrassing, but I don't do that anymore. I have it completely balanced and it's amazing. I feel awesome. I have so much energy, but balancing that blood sugar is key because then you're not having those dips constantly through the day. And then you're also balancing your hormones. So another piece of that is looking at just nutrition, having a really good multivitamin, lots of vitamins in your diet, looking at lots of vegetables, lots of good quality fats and proteins, but also your hormones need managed through stress management. That was really critical for me. You know, we're bombarded with stress. And especially if you have PCOS or infertility, your stress level is like high alert. So a couple things for me were key. Stop being a workaholic. Okay. I'm guilty. I've been there, done that. But when you're going through infertility or PCOS, you've got to calm down your body and your mind. So working constantly will elevate your stress hormones and put you in that fight or flight syndrome that only makes things worse. So do exercise a lot to blow off your steam and kind of fuel yourself with good energy, but also create recharge, relaxing and chill time. This is so important. You've got to make sure that you have enough downtime to just relax and calm down. Sleep, critical. So make it a priority that you're sleeping for seven hours a night minimum. That is so important, especially when you have PCOS. You need more sleep. Use it as an excuse, okay? Say, I've got PCOS. I need to sleep more than you and zonk out. And then spending more time in nature is critically important because it's going to relax you. It's going to calm you down, make you happier. Learning to feel your emotions and work with them and embrace them is important. You know, processing that and then lots of breath work. So take breath, you know, breath breaks like every hour, every couple hours to just breathe in and out really slow and deep and just keep your hormones more in balance will really help. Those are such great tips that you gave us, Christine. I love it. So for the women out there that are struggling with infertility, what is the one piece of advice that you would give them? And I know you just gave a bunch of tips, but in general, if there was a woman like I've been trying to get pregnant and I can't get pregnant, I'm so defeated. I don't know what to do. What is like one thing that you would tell her after you've experienced it and gone through your own journey? Just one thing. I can only pick one. (laughs) If she was just about like literally just, just to get her off the ledge. The one thing that you would say, like the first thing you could add more if you'd like. Yeah, for sure. So I would say that, you know, I'll give the advice, but first I would connect and say to anyone who's listening, who's struggling, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And in today's age, you don't have to do this alone, right? You don't have to do it silently. And when you're going through this, oftentimes people don't understand and they'll say things that are well-intentioned, but they hurt. So forgive them for not knowing and instead seek out people who can support you and understand you. Find friends, find a group, ask around, talk to a therapist. This is an emotional and rocky journey. And so please don't think you have to go at it alone. Even reach out to me if you want to. 
That's awesome. So if you could go back, back when, you know, the five years before you started this journey, five years before your infertility started, what would you have done differently knowing what you know now? Ooh, I love that question. I love that. So there's a few things I think I would do differently. So if I could go back and talk to myself, then I would say be more kind and gentle and loving to myself for one, not be so hard on myself, not so judgmental of what I was going through that it was a struggle, but it wasn't my fault. And I had to just kind of let go of that. I'd also say earlier, start letting go of this need to control this perfect outcome and accept things and just don't get so attached to this future outcome and also enjoy the present moment. So create more of this balance between I'm looking to the future, but also I'm rooted in the present moment. Those are the things I would tell myself. And I also would say that going back to your question of, you know, what advice would I give women who are, you know, say struggling through this process? One thing that I've seen and what I struggled with myself was when you're going through this, it's really easy to become overwhelmed and totally consumed by it. I mean, totally consumed because it's really emotional. And even though I have the blessing of having a baby now, I will never forget what that's like to go through it ever. And something that helped me, and I think would help a lot of women going through this is that cultivating the skill of being present in the moment is really important when you're going through this struggle, because when you're trying to plan for your future and you have a baby, you're always thinking of the future, right? You're dreaming about this future. You want to create this future. You might have this future, this future, and then you forget to live in the moment. And that leads to, you know, and I've experienced it being so hyper-focused on the future that you forget what's beautiful around you. And you become disconnected from the present, from the people you love that are around you, from your partners. And it actually makes it so much harder to go through the struggle when you're disconnected from people, because this is when you need them. You need that human support now more than ever. So if that tip resonates for anyone, I could give some ideas on how to stay more present when you're going through infertility as well. That was beautiful. And I think that works for all areas of life and not just infertility. I think that works for you know, weight loss journey, business, relationships, everything. Like you just spoke to me. You just spoke to me because that's something I'm trying to do and, and it's hard to do, but it is so true. We so focus on the future that we don't pay attention to the present and what's happening now. So one last question I like to ask my audience is what is one book that either changed your life or a book that you read recently that really changed your perspective on things or completely blew you away? Hmm, Good question. I read a lot of books and there's so many that have changed my life. So I will think about a recent one. Actually, let me look up the author. Okay. Cause I don't remember the author and we can ask that question again. Go. So I love to read and there's so many books that I would recommend, but you asked for something that's really changed my life recently. And that book would be Thresholds of the Mind by Bill Harris. And it is something that has helped me recognize and connect with and deal with my emotions at such an amazingly deep level and increase my threshold for resiliency and for stress. And in today's day and age, and in 2021, I think everyone could benefit from becoming more resilient and processing their emotions. And this book is just incredible. I'll have to read it. It's on my shelf over there. I still haven't got to it because I keep on ordering new books from the library. And so I'm like, well, they always take priority because I have to return them. But that's awesome. So where can everyone find you if maybe someone wants to reach out and ask you more questions about your journey 
or just to reach out and say, hi, share all your social media, your website, your links, all that. Sure. So people can find me on my website at one degree shifts.com. So one is spelled out O N E and I'm on Instagram and Facebook at one degree shifts, or you can find me on LinkedIn is Christine Hockman. Awesome. So we'll put all those links in the show notes and I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing this journey. I know it's an emotional one. It's a sensitive topic. And the fact that you're willing to come on and share your journey to help other women is powerful. And it was beautiful. And I really commend you for that. Well, thank you. And I just want to honor you for actually bringing this conversation into the light, because not only do people struggling through infertility need to hear this men and women, but all the other people who maybe don't have that challenge, but know people who do right their friends and family, sometimes they don't know how to deal with it or how to support other people. So just putting this conversation out there is so important so that we don't have this stigma around infertility anymore. I agree. Thank you, Christine. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Don't forget to tag me at BSB Tribe. If you want even more resources, make sure to go to www.bsbtribe.com and head on over to a private community on Facebook, Fit Mom Squad, so that you can get connected with other moms who are crushing their health goals. I can't wait to see you on the inside. Until next time, keep focused on your goals, mama.